Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, this is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown, Raiders! Would you believe it? This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. And here we are in the studio, one day closer to the actual NFL schedule release. I know there's a lot to do right now. A lot of folks getting up in arms. A lot of folks getting excited, want to know when their favorite team is going to play the Raiders. Raider fans want to know... What's the order of the schedule? When is the team going to have a bye week? When is the team going to be uh, on the road playing the cold weather games? Who's coming to town? When the f- come to town? When do the Patriots come to town? When do they play the Saints? There's so many questions that are being had right now. And all over Twitter, there's nothing but leaks and leaks and leaks and all kind of folks. I got some folks right now. I got a good buddy in Central Texas named uh, Lil B. We call him Lil B. He's a big Tennessee Titan fan, similar to DeMond, who's not here today as he's still feeling a little under the weather. But Jared is here holding it down. We got Joseph in the building holding it down as well. So we're tag teaming it today. We're going to have a fun show. But my guy, Lil B, swears that the Raiders are playing the Tennessee Titans on Christmas in Tennessee. That'd be a hell of a game. That would be a hell of a game. I don't know how excited I would be for a Christmas game that, of course, we have to pay attention to, most likely have to travel to and make sure we have it covered like a glove, even though it'd be a lot of fun. But it would be a hell of an environment. If there's one place that I do like to go to, and I've only been there once, it is Nashville. (laughs) That's where the draft was. It was fantastic. And I would not be mad if the draft kind of just went from, say, Nashville to Vegas they can go back to New York. New York was the original spot, so it should go there a few times. But just kind of have a nice little rotation, a little tight rotation of areas like that. Because Nashville was fantastic when the draft was there. So I can see I can see there being a good time on Christmas in, in, in Nashville for the, the Titan game. Now, I'm not saying that that's what's going to happen because we won't know the full schedule until tomorrow. But this slow drip process has been exactly that, just a slow drip process. And I'll just be glad when it's done. And I hopefully... Hopefully the NFL decides, yeah, this isn't the idea. This isn't the best way to do it. I mean, literally they've been doing a game here, a game there, two games here, two games there since Monday, Jared, since Monday. I mean, well, are we even including the Amazon at the draft? Right. Amazon at the draft. How about the international games on the fourth? I mean, no, I haven't even considered those. But, yeah, it's just been, oh, here's a little, here's a game here. Oh, here's a game here. Oh, you guys need one more game? Here's one more. I mean, it's literally like the NFL is telling all the fan bases, jump. And every one of us are like, how high? <laughs> That's it, what it is. See, my thoughts were it's how many people are on spirit going, all right, I hope this one's a home game. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? But we will find out tomorrow. So that'll be a lot of fun to talk about and uh, be able to break it down because, you know, we know exactly what the records are going to be of every single team by the time the schedule, when it comes out. We're like, okay, that's a win. That's a loss. That's a win, 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 win. Oh, there's a four game win streak right there. There's a, you know, we all, we all do it. We'll do it a lot on Friday. We'll do it a lot on Thursday as well as the schedule. The full release comes out around five o'clock. So can you imagine what Vinny Bonsignor's second hour of his show is going to be? Starting at 5 o'clock in the huddle. The schedule's dropping. He's going to be able to talk about it live while it's happening. Oh, it's going to be fantastic. That's going to be fantastic. There's going to be a lot of reaction to what's going on with the schedule release. 
Just going to be some fan that's like, I got him going somehow 19 and 3. Oh, man. Hey, look, man. Hey, Gangster Raider will call here and tell you, hey, they're going 17 and 0. Going to make that, that playoff run. And hey, I like it. You know what's funny is when you hear that off top, you're like, there's no way that they're going to do this or that or the other. The way he makes it, I mean, he words it so it sounds right. It sounds believable, you know? And, and it, it, as a matter of fact, I think he called yesterday when, yes. when you and Vinny were on. He said 38 points a game. And I remember I was driving. I was like, no way. No way. But then we realized that it's actually happened before. Yeah. Well, <laughs> 37.9. Look, on. man, if you can't call that, the, <laughs> hell, I'll round that up to 40. <laughs> <laughs> I'll round that up to 40. You know, you just about. So, <laughs> yeah, man, it's, 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 a, it's incredible what we'll come up with as we're talking about this and we're breaking it down. And we will make it sound right. We'll make it sound believable. And to some point, it might be. So it's just going to be interesting to see how the schedule shakes out. Like I said, the games that matter to me, when is the bye week? When is the, the, the cold weather games? You know, when are you playing, obviously, your division rivals? When are you playing Kansas City? When are you playing Denver? Those are the ones that matter the most. The Chargers are in L.A. or here. So it's not going to matter about the weather. But Kansas City and Denver are the two that I'll pay attention to the most when it comes to division games just to see when they play, when the Raiders will play them on the road and if it's in the cold weather or not. Uh, do they get an early bye week? That's going to be something that I pay attention to a lot. And so uh, we have plenty of time to break that down. Of course, it'll come out tomorrow. Then we'll break it down. We'll break it down all Friday. We'll break it down next week. I mean, we'll we'll attack it in every different direction. But right now, as I check out Twitter and I do it every single day, that's really the hot topic right now is the schedule release. What games are, are being talked about and what games are being made official? Like we found out earlier today, Green Bay and Dallas are going to play week 10. That's cool. That's cool. <laughs> Mike <laughs> Mike. Mike Mike McCarthy cool. makes his trip. Yeah, he makes his trip back to Green Bay. That's, I mean, you know, if you're looking for storylines, fine. But it's whatever. But that's the kind of stuff, like, I could have waited till tomorrow to find that out. You know, I mean, that, <laughs> that's not something I had to know today. That didn't change anything for me. But, you know, that's, the NFL is a machine, and they know exactly what they're doing. Coming up on today's show, a couple guests for you today. We're kind of light on guests. Sometimes we have three or four good ones. Today we have two really good ones. Austin Gale from Pro Football Focus. He'll join us at 2.30, covers the Raiders like a glove. He'll talk about the whole roster. You know, now that we've seen the free agency, we've seen the draft, we kind of know where they are right now, you know, who they could potentially be adding later on, who they could, you know, potentially not be adding later on, and and just kind of talk about the team in general, just where he thinks they are. Uh, saw some pro football focus grades earlier today, so I'll ask him about that as well. But uh, Austin Gale will join the show at 2.30. At 3 o'clock, we'll have cover three NFL news and notes of the day. That's just Scatter shooting throughout the league. Uh, I'll have some. I'll have some schedule news. I'll have some uh, rookies paying to get uh, get these particular numbers, jersey numbers. I'll talk about that. Got a lot of good stuff to get to when it comes to cover three. That'll be at three o'clock. Then at three thirty, Mark Medina, NBA.com. He'll join the show. Got to talk some NBA playoffs, right? I think Demond ever since uh, ever since the Grizzlies took that ugly L is decided he's just been sick. I think that ugly L has just made him sick. He's done. Yeah, the. Uh... The text line seems to agree with you based on what I saw yesterday during Vinny's show is that uh, everyone agrees that, uh, oh, since he uh, since he said the Grizzlies are going to sweep, he, uh, he hasn't been around so He hasn't often. been around, and I, didn't, I brought this up briefly yesterday, but you were at Parkway Tavern as well on Friday with us. You know, I whooped him. I whooped him in that game. And it was it was not a it was not, you know, it was obviously we weren't out outside, we weren't running around. It was not a full full height court or anything like that. It was a very challenging basket, matter of fact, to make buckets on. But DeMond didn't stand a chance. I no, whooped him. It was it was the only the only silver lining DeMond got that day was a rando challenged him to uh, bowling. How funny was that? 
That was the funniest thing. And 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 just, you know, I mean, when, have you ever been sized up? Like, literally, this rando <laughs> sized up DeMond and was like, oh, I could beat him. I'm going to beat him at bowling right now. Now, to DeMond's credit, he did win in bowling against that rando. But how do you feel if you're DeMond? You're standing there. You just got whooped by me in hoops. And some rando comes up to you and is like, hey, man, I want to challenge you to, to, to some bowling. It's like, damn, man, I'm catching L's all over the place. <laughs> I saw... I saw you lose. It wasn't it wasn't so much I got next as I got him. <laughs> right. Right, exactly. The dude's like, "No, I'm not going to take on that guy. I'm going to take on the guy who just got whooped." And that was Demond. But to his credit, he was able to win that bowling game, but man, that basketball game, he I I mentioned on yesterday's show, there's about 5 rounds that you could potentially go in this game and Demond went 1. He went 1. My man got 27 total points. Didn't even advance to round 2. That's like one of those – that's like in baseball when you get the wild card and it's literally one game and you lose and your season's over. That's what DeMond did. He got to the wild card round and he lost the first game and he was out. Done deal. Wasn't even – so uh, we'll talk some NBA playoffs at 3.30 with Mark Bedina, uh, NBA.com. The Philadelphia 76ers, they embarrassed themselves last night to Miami. Uh, the Suns, they blew out the Dallas Mavericks. The Warriors are about to eliminate the Grizzlies. I mean, we pretty much know what's going to be going on in the NBA. I'm very interested in – well, obviously tonight's game, Boston and uh, and, and the, the Milwaukee Bucks, that's going to be a good one. Pivotal game five. Whoever wins game five usually goes on to win the series. So that's a very interesting series. But these other series look like we kind of know how they're going to shake out. So uh, those are the guests that we have. Austin Gale from Pro Football Focus at 2.30. At 3.30, we'll have Mark Medina from NBA.com. Now, before we get into the opening drive, I did have a question that I wanted to throw out there to you. I like to bring topics to the table, and I actually have a couple good questions. But the first one is, and we've talked about, you know, things that you like that this new regime has done, things that you didn't like. I kind of want to take it in the direction of things that you didn't like. Has there been a decision made this offseason so far that you think a mistake? And what I mean by a mistake is some people hit me up and say, you know, I don't think giving up the draft capital and giving up the money that they gave to Devontae Adams was a good idea. I personally think it was great. <laughs> you know, I look at the draft and I look at where the Raiders were at pick number 22, who was on the board at, 2020, at number 22, and I don't think that there was anyone that was even close to Devontae Adams. And I looked at number the round two pick and thought, yeah, no big deal. They didn't have their first two round picks? Fine. You got a great wide receiver in Devontae Adams. You gave him the bag. So what? Cool. Now you gave yourself an opportunity to compete in the AFC West. So I like the idea. But there's plenty of people. I've had people hit me up on Twitter like, hey, the Raiders mortgages their future for Devontae Adams, and he's older. So that's fair. That's fine. If that's what you believe, hit me up and let me know about it. If there's a decision that's been made this offseason – that you were not a fan of, you thought was a mistake, let me know. Maybe not bringing back Casey Hayward, as I've been pounding the table talking about they need a veteran cornerback. Maybe that was a decision. I think he's better in that Gus Bradley scheme than he's going to be in Patrick Graham's scheme. But at the same time, I think playmakers make plays. And he's a really good corner, so maybe maybe that's a decision that you think was a bad mistake for them not to bring him back. But I want to hear from you, Raider Nation, 702-365-9200, Salmon Ash text line at 69187, keyword R&R. Before we get into the opening drive, let's go out to the phone lines, talk to our guy Stove. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind? What's up, Q? Chilling, How you man? doing? I'm, I'm blessed, man. How are you? I am fantastic. I, I, I am so pumped that we're going to play both the Patriots and the Broncos in week one. I mean, we're going to get off to a 2-0 start before anybody plays their second game. I love that the schedule release is being leaked out. We've got seven <laughs> games in week one. We're going to England. We're going to Germany. We've got 12 home games. It's going to be a great season. I'm pumped. <laughs> uh, I love it. So, I love it. 
right. So, so I, I want to talk about these rumblings of, of Nelson Aguilar and Nick Kwiatkowski okay. possibly coming back to the Raiders. I have a question for you since, since you're so plugged in. Um, you know, Aguilar played with Josh McDaniels last year in New England, mm-hmm. but is there anybody in the building left over from the previous regime who would have a firsthand experience with any of our former players or are all the, all the coaches in the front office execs all new? Like if Kwiatkowski does come back, is he really coming back to the Raiders considering they right. have a brand new system or is he just putting the uniform on again? No, that's a good that's a good point. That's a good point. And and defensively, uh yeah, it would be a whole new staff. I mean, there there's not there's not any hangovers as far as the uh the Raiders coaching staff on the defensive side of things. Offensively, if it was going to be Nelly, then yeah, the wide receivers coach Edgar Bennett, he's still he's still with the organization. So that would make sense. Okay. I mean, listen, Nelson Aguilar was was really playing the role of Henry Ruggs before Henry took off. And, and you know, if he was able to come back, I can't imagine it would be worth it financially. Um, Kwiatkowski was a guy, as much as Gunther was a disaster, when we brought in Kwiatkowski, it sure felt like we had a guy in the center of our defense who had an understanding of how to play. And if you get him at the right price, like we seem to have gotten a lot of these guys at the right price, I mean, where does depth hurt you? Because you know it's the NFL, and you know the roster you put out there on week one is going to be banged up by week four, five, or ten. Right. So depth is critical, and I'd love to see Kwiatkowski come back. Good call. Good call. Thank you so much. I do appreciate that. And, yeah, I think uh, I think Nick Kwiatkowski would be good as far as depth goes. I don't know how much it would cost, but he did have a really good year. The very first year he played with the Raiders, he was good. He did not fit with Gus Bradley and what he wanted to do last year, so he was really more of a backup role. And he's got kind of an hinj- uh, injury history. And that's the thing I like about Kwiatkowski is the fact that if you do – Bring him back if the Raiders decide that, yeah, this is a guy that we'd like to have in the mix. He's not a guy that they're going to rely on every down and every day and every game. You know what I mean? He's not a guy that's going to have to go and play the majority of the snaps and be the leader and the captain out there on the field as he was with the Raiders. He doesn't have to be that guy. There's other guys in front of him. But, you know, in case of emergency break glass, he could be that guy. That's what's so important is when you have, like you said, depth and and you know that there's going to be guys that are getting banged up. If you have a guy you can go to and you feel confident, when he's out there, that is a, that is a big deal as we're getting more and more. And thank you for the call. We're getting plenty more calls here on the Raider nation listener line at 702-365-9200. Before we get to our next one, let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of unnecessary roughness on Raider nation radio. 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. So I was texting a little bit with Bradbury uh, since his release with the Giants. Uh, he, the Raiders have reached out. They've, they've reached out to this camp. He's going to take it slow, guys. He's going to – it's kind of a weird time. His, his wording to me was it's kind of a weird time post-draft, you know, post – you know, right before June 1, post-free agency. So I don't think he's going to be in a rush to sign anywhere, to be honest. I don't think it's going to be somewhere – unless someone comes and blows away, you know, blows him away with a multi-year deal. Guys, the thing about James Bradbury is he did not play poorly for the Giants last year. He had four interceptions. He led them, he's the top guys in tackles on the defense out there. The Giants just gave him a really bad contract. They gave him a bad contract for the team, so they couldn't support that. They're moving in a different direction with a new GM that wants to bring in his own guys. And Bradbury, it wasn't like a, a case of, you know, the Raiders years and years ago giving D'Angelo Hall a ton of money, and he just didn't play well. James Bradbury played well. It's just the contract was not, it was not something the Giants could keep on the books. So this is a premier corner. I wouldn't call him a one. He's not, you know, a, a total. This is a 
top corner in the National Football League that played for Patrick Graham last year. That's on the open market. The Raiders would be silly not to go out there and at least make contact. Now, it was the same thing with the Honey Badger. You know, they, they, they put feelers out there. They see, you know, maybe bring him in for a visit, maybe not. I expect Bradbury probably come in for a visit at some point. But if the money, the money gets too crazy, guys, the Raiders are probably going to go out and try to, you know, see what else is out there in the corner market. Now, we had the surgery for Trayvon Mullen. We don't know what that's going to entail. He's kind of proven that he hasn't been able to stay on the field. So, cornerback to me is still a need. If you can get James Bradbury on a deal that's, you know, I'm not going to say team-friendly. He's not going to take something that's cheap. He'll probably want a multi-year deal. But if it's post-June 1, the Raiders free up a little more salary cap and move some stuff around with roster bonuses, it, 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 it would make this team so much better to have a, a proven corner like that and James Bradbury that's familiar with Patrick Graham's system to come in. So I don't think anything's going to happen over the next, you know, 10 days or so. I think Bradbury's going to take his time a little bit and, and kind of see what's out there on the open market. But I expect the Raiders to be all in on James Bradbury, especially as we get closer to that June 1st. There you go right there. That was the sounds of Eddie Brasilli from uh, SiriusXM. He's executive producer there. He was on the morning tailgate this morning with Clay and Heidi, and they got to the point and asked them about uh, James Bradbury. And, look, Eddie is in New York, and Eddie is very familiar and knows James Bradbury. And so at the very beginning of that, don't know if you heard it, but he said, I've reached out to James. And James has said that the Raiders have reached out to him. And that's a guy I've talked about quite a bit on this show, even before the draft. I mean, even like when free agency first started, I said the Raiders should go out and make a trade for him. Now the conversation is hot and heavy about Bradbury just because he's a he's a free agent and really good and it's May 11th I mean it's very rare that you're going to get a big time free agent available May 11th but he is available so now that's the big conversation around the silver and black are they going to make a move for him the things that stood out to me that that Eddie said right there and I think are very important he said that the Raiders have contacted Bradbury that's a that check that that's a good that's a good one as far as I'm concerned he also said that Bradbury is going to take his time He's not in a rush to sign. If he's not in a rush to sign, the Raiders are players in the situation. If he's in a rush to sign, they're out. It's simple as that. I mean, it's not two ways about it. I've had people ask me, well, can they give him a signing bonus here and then sign him later? No. He's got to get his contract, and he's got to get it when he wants it. And depending on what he wants, he's not going to be able to, they're not going to be able to afford him right now. It's going to be like Eddie said at the end of that clip right there, post-June 1st. So if he's willing to be patient, and you heard Eddie say, I think, you know, it's going to take, you know, 10, 11 days at least before he, he, he makes a decision. Well, that's close to the end of the month. The end of the month is going to turn into June. June is going to turn into June 1st, June 2nd, and all of a sudden, boom, there's $20 million in your bank account. If you ever woke up and had $20 in your bank account that you didn't expect, it feels good, right? How about you wake up in the morning and you have $20 million in your account? It's amazing. That's what they're going to have on June 2nd, just about $20 million in salary cap space. So as long as this thing... For the Raiders, if this thing drags out a little bit longer, a little bit longer, a little bit longer, if Bradbury is patient, takes his time, and honestly, I don't know why he wouldn't be, especially if his agents already spoke to teams, which I'm sure he has. I'm sure the Raiders have already kind of told him what they're willing to do. There are going to be players in this situation. And the other thing I like about this, what the Raiders front office, the new regime, Dave Ziegler and company, have, have shown us, they have a certain amount that they're going to pay, and then if they go over that, then they're, then they're out. But they're, they're disciplined enough to do that. The good teams do that. They did that with J.C. Jackson. They were in on him. Guess what? Uh, I almost said San Diego. The Chargers wanted to throw a boatload of money at him in California, having to pay tax. Gone. You want to take that California money? Go for it. He did. He went to the Chargers. Fine. They were in on Stephon Gilmore. He got more money than they were willing to give up. Cool. No problem. They were in on the Honey Badger. New Orleans gave him a boatload of money. They said, cool, no problem. They have a certain amount of money that they're willing to spend. 
And after that, okay, no problem. We'll go find some talent somewhere else. That's how they're doing things. That's the disciplined way of doing things instead of just getting caught up in a, you know, in an auction. Oh, it's, it's now it's up to $300,000. Okay, I'll raise you to $500,000. $500,000, get you $800,000, get you $900,000. You know what I mean? Like, you don't want to do that. You don't want to get in the habit of doing that. And there's way too many times in the past we've seen the Raiders throw out ridiculous contracts to certain players that just aren't worth it. I'll, I'll point out Trent Brown. Trent Brown, he got a boatload of money to be the right tackle for the Raiders, and it looked like a good idea, except for if you go back and look at his history and realize that he's never been consistent, and if he was that solid of a right tackle or even a left tackle, he wouldn't have been a free agent three times. Think about this. The 49ers got him in, what, round seven and cut him. The Patriots got him and let him go. The Raiders signed him and then cut him. The Patriots re-signed him or they traded him to him. And then all of a sudden he was a free agent this year and almost walked again. The, the consistency, you got to look at the history sometimes. So the Raiders were willing to throw all the money in the world because they needed that right tackle to protect Derek Carr. And guess what? In two seasons, he was only available half the time. And if you go back to his history, all oh, that's right there. It was written out there right in front of him. Hey, this guy's not going to be there all the time, but when he's there, he's good. Okay, well, is that worth top dollar? No. Can you imagine doing your job half the time and getting paid top dollar to do it? That'd be fantastic. That'd be fantastic. I would love it. I wouldn't even know what to do with myself. I would think that I'm doing something wrong. I'd be looking over my corner, my, 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 my shoulder, seeing who's coming for me. Something ain't right. I'm getting paid top dollar, and I'm only doing half the work. Something ain't right about this. So I'm encouraged by hearing that from Eddie, a guy who has actually reached out to James Bradbury and realized that James is going to take his time. As long as he takes his time, the Raiders are very involved in this situation. Let's go back out to the Raider Nation listener line at 702-365-9200. Talk to my guy, my homeboy, Raider Fish in Berkeley, California. What's on your mind, Fish? <laughs> Yo, Q, what it is? What it do? <laughs> yeah, hey, sometimes they do too much. Sometimes they'll do enough, but trip on it. Listen, there's two things. One, I'm not real upset about, but I was like, hmm. And then the second one, I'm like, man, they should have did it. So the first one. <laughs> Matt Castle, okay? You got Matt Castle and Jimmy Garoppolo. What do they have in common? These are quarterbacks that the Patriots drafted and developed and got big capital. And it was a win-win. Let's say, uh, well, hell, Brady fell off his horse one year. Castle came in and guided them to, I think, 11-7. and Boom, then they get a high-round pick. And then Garoppolo, we know they got something for him. I thought that they were going to do that with Malik Willis. He was sitting there. It had been a win-win. Mm. Malik Willis, we develop him. If he is who we think he's going to be, we get high capital for him. Or if Carr, after a few years, bam, got the air apparent. I'm not too upset because we got the linemen. However, Justin Ross, in the well, undrafted, oh, man, we should have picked him up instead of a running back. And that's just how I feel about it, too. But other than that, uh, let's go Raiders. All right. Hey, great call, Fish. Raider Fish right there from Berkeley, California. Shout out to Berkeley, one of my favorite cities in America. I'll say this. Uh, the quarterback situation, it would have made sense if they had a lot of draft capital. You know what I mean? Like, that's the only reason to me that it didn't it, – it, it wasn't a good idea to take – to go for Malik Willis because that was their first draft pick. And that, I mean, you want to get someone – 
that you know you can you can think is going to be a contributor this year. But I do think moving forward, Jared, and you know, I mean, hell, you saw Matt Castle up close and personal. I was about to say, as the resident <laughs> Chiefs fan, please right. do not bring Matt Castle up. <laughs> How much money did we pay him? Hey, man, yeah, yeah, but but to Raider Fish's point, that the yeah, I mean, the Patriots were able to flip those guys and get some good capital back in return uh, for those that they developed, and so I think that moving forward. From this year on, I think you're going to see the Raiders start doing that. I really do. It just didn't work out this year. If they had had their whole uh, allotment of of picks and Malik Willis was there in round three, absolutely, I think they get him. So you think they got Nathan Peterman paid? (laughs) Nathan Peterman just got paid by the Bears. He's a backup. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Let's get one more call and then we'll take a quick break. Let's go out to uh, Raider 27. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Hey, man. You know what? It came 3 o'clock and... I'm down here with my dog and my hot cup of tea and my built bar and the phone rings. Nice. And guess who it was? It was the Curry vacuum cleaner salesman. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I'm like, dude, I, I I would listen to you, but I ain't got time right now. Cue's on. I got to go. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. Sorry, dude. I know he's at hustling, but you know what? I got business I'm taking care of down here now. I got to pay attention to what Q's saying. Right. So I don't really have any problems with anything these guys have done. In fact, my friend called me, my best friend called me after the draft and said, are you all right? Are you okay, man? I mean, is everything all right with you? I'm like, yeah, why? He goes, this is the first year I haven't had to talk you off the ledge. To <laughs> the draft. Right. And I'm like, I know, I'm happy with the draft. I'm happy with the free agents they signed. You know, would it be nice to get Bradbury? Yeah, it would be great to get Bradbury, but not at the cost of Renfro right. and Waller. Right. You know, so make sure we take care of our own first. And I think that's how you build a championship team. I like it. I like it. Hey, great call, my man. I definitely appreciate you. Keep on eating them built bars. And, yeah, man, tell that, tell that Kirby <laughs> vacuum guy that, hey, you know a guy that sold Kirby's, man. You got this covered. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> right on, man. Thank you for the call. Appreciate you. Later, man. There he goes. Raider 27. Good stuff. Yeah, man. I'll always be the Kirby guy. If you need a vacuum, Jared, I got you. I know a guy that knows a guy that'll hook you up. You know what I mean? I got a good deal for you, too. I'll hook you up, man, because I know you. I know you. You know what I'm saying? I got I got your back. <laughs> Jared's like, no. No, you don't. 226 is the time. When we come back, Austin Gale from Pro Football Focus, he'll join the show. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. And throwing out there the question on the Salmon Ash text line at 69187, keyword R&R. There's a lot of things that I think Raider Nation is very excited about this new regime has done. But the question I have, has there been a decision made this offseason so far that you thought was a mistake? An example, giving up draft capital and money for Devontae Adams or not bringing back a guy like Casey Hayward? Again, Sam and Ash text line is 69187, keyword R&R. Make sure you use R&R so we can make sure to get it and get it on the show. Right now on the show, though, joining us on the phone lines is our guy Austin Gale from Pro Football Focus. You can find him on Twitter at PFF underscore Austin Gale. And, Austin, I'll start with you. Is there a decision that you think that the Raiders have made this offseason that might not have been the best decision? Yeah, I mean, I think for the Devontae Adams trade is obviously a huge win in terms of improving this offense. Did they give up a lot? and pay Devontae Adams, 30-plus years old, a lot of money to do so. But 
I think it was a move to maintain relevancy in the AFC West and also begin this winning type of culture in Las Vegas. I think the move, or I guess the lack of a move, I probably disagree with most, is just how they've addressed the secondary, right? Not getting mm-hmm. Casey Hayward back. You have to hope they're in play for James Bradbury. I think that would be a massive signing for the Raiders if they can bring him in. Because I still really like um, Trayvon Mullen there. So I do think that the secondary is probably my biggest concern. The second biggest concern is offensive line. Now, they did out Dylan Parham. and they added Thayer Mumford. Like maybe you're moving this forward with some rookies, but the two biggest weaknesses for this team now are the outside cornerbacks and the offensive line, which is two really tough spots to have obviously wholesale weaknesses in. I agree 100%. I've been pounding the table for James Bradbury. I think that he'd be a huge asset. But when you look at him and you look at his style of play, a lot of people think that, well, Patrick Graham doesn't want to run a zone scheme uh, in Vegas. You know, he had to do that in New York because the the DBs weren't able to play. Austin, with the production that he had last year, I think playmakers, you just put him in the position to go make plays. How do you think that that, uh, Patrick Graham would use Bradbury if they were to bring him in? Yeah, I mean, I still think Patrick Graham wants to run his defense. And, you know, that's the Patrick Graham defense that James Bradbury had a lot of success in, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think that, you know, people are wrongfully pigeonhole, pigeonholing for a specific scheme. I think he gets his hands on you at the line of scrimmage. He can have a lot of success. But I also don't think he has the click and close to be a two-man corner. I do think his skill sets fit into a more multiple scheme. I want him at the line of scrimmage, but he doesn't necessarily always have to play, you know, cover zero, cover one type of man coverage. So I think he's more scheme versatile than people are letting on. And, He'll be a value signing. Like, and the reports are that he isn't lurking, looking for that $13 million plus that he was getting in New York. And if he does get a one-year contract, prove a type of deal in Las Vegas, then that 8 to $10 million range, I think it's well worth it if, obviously, the Raiders can find a way to get him out of the books. Talking right now with Pro Football Focus' Austin Gale here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. So as far as the overall roster, again, you mentioned the, the, the question marks at the offensive line, of course, the cornerback position. Do you think that the roster is a lot more improved than what it was last season when they made the playoffs? Do you think it's kind of equal? Where do you think this roster stands today? Yeah, I think it's significantly improved, right? I like the addition of Chandler Jones and Devontae Adams. Those are the two big splash plays on offense and defense, and those two decisions make the team a lot better. And I think that is going to help them compete in a division where they are you know, rightfully favored to finish fourth. I mean, there are better quarterbacks in this division, still have Mahomes, still have Herbert. And I think if they're going to be a team that finishes fourth, that isn't the Raiders. It could be Denver because mm-hmm. there's a lot of newness there and Russell Wilson coming on and Daniel Hackett you know, taking on as head coach. So I think the Raiders are going to be competing with Denver largely for this third spot in the AFC West and potentially a playoff berth. I think they're plus 160, according to DraftKings Sportsbook, to make the playoffs next year. I think those odds are fair, right? It's a very tough division. Like, right. It's a very tough division where there is a lot of newness on their side as well. Josh McDaniels coming in, Devontae Adams, that pairing, all that stuff. You know, I have a lot of questions about Denver. I know Russell Wilson is a very good quarterback. I know what he's done so far, but uh, we've seen him the last few years. He hasn't quite been Russell Wilson-esque. I know some of that has to do with injury. And then Nathaniel Hackett really is my biggest question because he's a first-time head coach. Hasn't, it wasn't a play caller in Green Bay. I mean, that was, uh, that was the head coach obviously doing that. So I just think that there's a lot of questions in Denver that maybe people aren't really paying attention to just thinking, oh, they got Russell Wilson. They're going to go win a lot of games. For sure. I like the receiving core. I think it's a better offensive line what the Raiders have, and I like Russell Wilson a lot. Now, questions that they need to answer is just how quickly is he going to assimilate this Nathaniel Hackett offense. I like Hackett a ton as a head coach. I think he impressed me a lot at the combine and his you know um, podium appearances. But 
but it's a lot of newness, right? And I think they added some, you know, help on defense in the Randy Gregory signing, which is going to help them a ton. But losing Vic Fangio on defense is going to suck. Like that's not going to be, that's not a net positive. I know they didn't like him there as head coach, but one of the best defensive minds in football, losing him, that's not going to be easy. So a lot of newness in Denver. And I agree with you that let's temper expectations before we start hanging up a banner for the Denver Broncos and the SUS. Absolutely. Again, we're talking with Austin Gale from Pro Football Focus here on Raider Nation Radio 920. How about John Abram? He's a guy that I have questions about, not because he's not a great athlete. He's not uh, pretty exceptional when it's when it's coming to play in the scheme that he could play in. Like last season, we saw him under Gus Bradley. Looked like he really fit. How do you see him fitting with Patrick Graham's defense? Yeah, I mean, hopefully he fits it all, right? I think he's going to start. I think he's the best fitted in the box. you got to keep him close to the line of scrimmage, so he's not liability in the deep safety role. And I think you like a lot of what Trayvon Merrick offers. I think they're going to lean on him just as much as they did last year. He played more defensive snaps than any other rookie in football last year, so or defensive rookie, that is. Mm-hmm. So I, I really do like Trayvon Merrick. Abram is best suited in the box, but even then, some liabilities as a tackler. He's over-aggressive in some areas. I worry about him in coverage. I worry about his aggressiveness there, too. I think there's bigger question marks at outside corner, though, right? Like he, yeah. At the bottom line with Abram, he plays a low-value position. You need the outside cornerbacks to be good if this defense is going to have success. No, you're right about that. You're right about that. And Trayvon Mullen, as you mentioned before, had the surgery on his toe. Uh, we don't know about his uh, availability because he's been over the past couple of years. He's been banged up quite a bit. How big of a year for, this, uh, for, for Trayvon Mullen do you think that this could be, saying that it's the last year of his deal? Oh, I think it could be a huge year, and I think Patrick Graham's going to really like Mullen. I like, I've liked him since he's come out. He's been exceeding expectations since being drafted by the Raiders out of Clemson, and if he can stay healthy in this Patrick Graham defense, I think he should be in line for one of the better years of his career, especially now that he's obviously developed over, over the last few years. A couple of notes that I saw on Pro Football Focus thought were pretty cool. You put out is on your Twitter about the 2019 draft class and talking about uh, pass rushers and, and Max Crosby and where he ranked as far as uh, efficiency and, and win rate. And basically, uh, he was third and fourth. He was ranked third and fourth in different uh, tweets that you put out there. How, how, how high do you think Max Crosby's ceiling is? How much better can he get? I think he can get a lot better, man. And this is a, this is someone who's added a lot of weight since he was drafted. I think his pass rushing moves have improved. I love his length and his wingspan at the edge position. He, in my opinion, can be a top five edge rusher year in and year out. And then that he has Chandler Jones rushing opposite of him, which is an upgrade over what they had in Unique and Gakwe. Like that is going to be a massive help for Crosby as well. The bigger concerns are how much are they holding up on the back end? Do they? Right. Have, you know, Casey Hayward was such an important part of that defense last year. Because he was consistent, and that is something they're going to desperately need in their outside cornerback tandem next year. You know, I've been saying the same thing as far as an upgrade over Unique Ngakwe and Chandler Jones, and not because Ngakwe was bad. I just think that Chandler Jones is better, and I think he fits in this scheme better. But that's not a knock on Ngakwe, and a, a lot of people, I think, are getting that misconstrued. Like, we're, we're saying that he wasn't good. He was a hell of a player. I just think that Chandler Jones brings more, especially in this scheme under Patrick Graham. Uh, what are your thoughts on Ngakwe compared to, to Chandler Jones? I mean, Chandler Jones is a better run center, a better pass rusher. I think he's overall just a better player. I think Jones is older, but I think still maintains a lot of the juice that he's had. And you're paying a lot for Chandler Jones to come in and be a 10-sack-a-year guy, and I think that's exactly where he's going to be on the Raiders defense. I think he has the, the potential to do that as well. Again, we're talking to Austin Gale here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. Just got a couple more questions for you. Zamir White, he's the fourth-round running back out of Georgia. A lot of folks are thinking that he's going to end up being the, the heir apparent to Josh Jacobs following this season. What are your thoughts on Zamir? Yeah, I, I wouldn't necessarily pigeonhole as that. I, I think it will take some time before he's a 
every down type of back that Josh Jacobs is. Like, I think Josh Jacobs is underrated as a mm-hmm. third down back. I think he's one of the better pass catching backs in the NFL. The problem has been is they just unhealthy. They can't stay healthy. And that's not the problem with Josh Jacobs. That's the problem with the running back position. It's why it's one of the reasons why you don't invest significant capital in that position. They always, not always, but consistently get hurt. It's, it's an off injured position due to workload. And you've seen that with Christian McCaffrey. You've seen that with Dalvin Cook. You've seen that with the best running back in the NFL. You saw that with Derek Henry. Like, right. the best running back in the NFL still get hurt, and that makes it that much harder to you know, drop significant capital. I was not surprised that Ziegler and McDaniels made it to not pick up his fifth-year option. It's just too much money, too much investment in a position specifically that you can honestly get productive play from a complementary piece of no combination of second, third-round picks and low-value contracts. Right. Well, Zamir White's a fourth-round pick. So, yeah, I mean, right to your credit, I mean, they got him in the fourth round. What do you see his role being this year, then, with Josh Jacobs there in the mix being the, the bell cow? I say that in air quotes because there's really not bell cows anymore. But how do you see that combination working this year? I, I'd be surprised if he gets a lot of runs because they still have Kenyon Drake, and I know that really does like Kenyon Drake. So I think it's going to be Josh Jacobs, Kenyon Drake as the one-two punch when both are healthy. Mm-hmm. And Zamir White entering the fold as injuries come up. Yeah, that makes sense. It really does. I wanted to ask you about the offensive line. You know, they went out and and drafted two offensive linemen. Uh, They got Dylan Parham in round three. Then they picked up uh, Thayer Mumford in round seven. Uh, One could play a guard and and center position. Another guy has played tackle, could play inside. Uh, What do you think about those two guys? How do they they factor into the competition on the offensive line in camp? I I think Dylan Parham's a day-one starter. To get Dylan okay. Parham where they did, I thought was fantastic. I think he can come in and start at guard or center, depending on you know, where the Raiders see him fitting best. Mumford, I worry a bit about his play strength. I think he needs to get stronger in the NFL. He does have tackle guard versatility, but I think that's enough for him to compete for a starting role necessarily. But being a swing piece on a rookie contract, I think that's kind of his ceiling mm-hmm. in this Raiders fold. Now, could he get a lot better in the NFL? Sure, but I worry a lot about him right now. Now, I think Parham is so much less of a developmental player, and I love that they got that value because I think he's probably going to start for this team in year one. What about Alex Leatherwood? Final question. Where do you think he plays this year? Given that they drafted Parham, right, a lot of me feels that they want to try Leatherwood at tackle again, but that that remains to be seen because you can't afford to have similar concerns that you had with Leatherwood the previous year, and I know a lot of draft analysts when they were evaluating Leatherwood coming out felt more comfortable with him at guard than they did at tackle. That'll ultimately depend on how Ziegler viewed him coming out. The forum suggestion or selection makes me feel like they might give him run at tackle, at least in camp. But I I think we'll we'll have to see how that plays out in the preseason. What do you have coming out on Pro Football Focus that we need to be on the lookout for? Yeah, check out PFF.com. The podcast continues to run through the summer. It's tailgate wherever you get your podcasts. And, you know, through the summer, a lot of rankings, right? Offensive tackle rankings. We're looking at you know, best teams in the NFL, best offensive lines in the NFL as we prepare for the upcoming season. I like it. I like it a lot. Well, hey, great stuff as always, my man. I appreciate a few minutes of your time this afternoon. Keep doing what you're doing. We'll talk to you soon. Absolutely. Thank you. All right, there he goes. Austin Gale from Pro Football Focus, uh, scatter shooting right now, just talking all things Raiders. Definitely appreciate his time. You can find him on Twitter at PFF underscore Austin Gale. 702-365-9200. Also the Salmon Ash text line 69187, keyword R&R. Has there been a decision made this offseason so far that you thought was a mistake? You can let me know. It doesn't matter. It could be draft capital, giving up that draft capital and paying Devontae Adams. It could be not bringing back Casey Hayward. It could be anything that's on your mind. Let me know about it next. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Radio Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. 
We've been going fast and furious here on the show today, almost at the end of hour number one. Coming up in hour number two, kicking off at 3 o'clock, we'll have cover three NFL news and notes of the day. We'll just scatter shoot with whatever's going on in the league. And then at 3.30, we'll talk a little NBA playoffs with Mark Medina from NBA.com. That's coming up at 3.30. But right now, Raider Nation, want to hear from you at 702-365-9200 and the Salmon Ash text line 69187, keyword r You could always tweet at us at, as well as our Twitter accounts are always available at r 920 am at your boy Q254. Jared, what's your, what's your Twitter? At Jared Justice, both Jared and Justice are spelled weird. J-E-R-E-D-J-U-S-T-U-S. Yeah, exactly. What he said. <laughs> Couldn't be simple. Yeah. Couldn't be simple. Had to be difficult, but that's okay. Jared's holding it down for DeMond as he's feeling a little bit under the weather. Question that I threw out there is, uh, is there been a, has there been a decision made this offseason so far that you think has been a mistake? It doesn't have to be major, and it could be major. I mean, it's, 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 there's no wrong answer. It's all a matter of opinion. You know, I think that the new regime has done a lot of really good things. I think that they've handled this team in a, in a really responsible way, making some very good calculated moves. But just because I think that they've been doing some good things doesn't mean that you think that they've been doing some good things. So we definitely want to hear from you. One quick text on the Salmon Ash text line here says, only problem I have so far is a Chiefs fan is taking over for the even if it's just for a day. Hell nah. I mean, so you're okay with a Titans fan? Like, that's who you're hey, okay let's with. Let's be honest about DeMond, though. You know he's, no. like, lightweight a Raider fan. No. I mean, he's a, he's he ain't going to admit it right now. It's whichever whichever group of Twitter followers or Instagram followers are right. telling him that they love him this oh, week. Man, that's look, who he's a fan of the team of. DeMond could be bought for a nickel. All right, you can yeah. say, "Hey, dude, I'm going to 100 percent I'm going to get you a happy meal if you uh, if you decide that you'll be a fan of this team." He'll be like, "Okay, done." He's the DJ Khaled of uh, right. Raider Nation Radio. He's like Drake, where Drake is a fan of every team, right? That's that's who Demond is. So, uh, I yeah, look, he might say that he's bleeding t- Tennessee Titan blue, but underneath, and the truth is that he's rocking silver and black. Hell, he wears a mask sometimes. It's Raiders. A Raider mask. He wears his Raider media shirt all around town all the oh, time. Yeah, because, you know, he doesn't want to be recognized. Right. No, <laughs> DeMond wears a damn name tag on his shirt. <laughs> he has a damn, uh, he has a big old sign that's in neon lights above. Hi, I am DeMond. Yes, that is me. Want to take a picture? <laughs> <laughs> it's a shame talking about that man yeah. when he's not here. But that's all right. That's his fault. That's his fault for not feeling good. Uh, we got another. We got another text here. How about when the Raiders host the Niners this year should represent Oakland, make it a throwback game, Oakland versus San Francisco. That'd be cool. I like that. Vegas versus Santa Clara. Got it. Hey, man, I've been been saying that every time I talk about the Niners, I always bring up Santa Clara. They play in Great America's parking lot. But we do want to hear from you, 702-365-9200. Let's talk to our guy, Fargo Raider. What's on your mind? Welcome to the show. Hey, Q and Jared, thank you for taking my call. Yes, sir. Um, I don't see any real mistakes that they made. But I will say this, the Devontae Adams trade, I'm not mad about it. Yeah, we gave up draft capital, but we haven't gotten any good, good players since Colton Miller in the first, and it avoided the new regime, any kind of skepticism about who they picked in the first. You know, whoever it was, somehow or another, they were going to twist it up like we reached or we could have done better. Everybody could do better. It's a draft, man. You know, that's how it works. Right. But And then Casey Hayward, well, he wanted to go – where he knew he could continue to succeed, and that's with the coach that he was succeeding with. So I don't think those are. The one I would say was a little bit of a mistake for me was not keeping Alex, Alec Ingold. Okay. He's one, a, a workhorse, due to do anything that you ask. He works hard, and he's a team guy. 
like a want, like love by the fans. But I understand it's a business, you know. He wanted to get paid, but it wasn't necessary to have like the eight running backs that we have now. I, <laughs> I'm sure a lot of them will end up knocked out, but we could have just as easily, easily kept Ingold. Got Thank you. you guys for taking my call. You have a great day. Hey, you too, man. Appreciate the call. Alec Ingold got a two-year, $7.5 million Miami Dolphins. Uh, there was no way the Raiders were going to pay a, a fullback that kind of money. And so I'm not mad at Alec for getting his money. I'm not mad for the Raiders saying, you know what, we can invest uh, our money in, in a better position or a better place than just the fullback position. Even though, like you said, Alec Ingold was definitely loved by the fans. So that was kind of, you know, disappointing to see him leave, but you understood why he had to go. I got this uh, tweet from Raider Grizz. He said, Q, they overcompensated at running back and didn't address the secondary. I didn't like that. Other than that, Mick Ziegler has done an exceptional job. So that was a little combination of Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels. And uh, they have plenty of running backs on the roster. That's for sure. You know, we'll see how it all shakes out. Uh, as uh, Fargo said, there's about eight on the roster right now. They're obviously all will not be on the roster when the season starts, but they're, they're all there right now, and I'm with you on the secondary thing. I thought that that was a, a decision that they made. I thought they were going to go get a, a corner in the draft. They chose not to, which made me feel like that they had – they felt like they had a, a, a inside track on James Bradbury. So, again, I'm going to continue to say James Bradbury is the guy for them until he's not, until he signs somewhere else. That's just who I am, and that's what I believe. 702-365-9200. How about Raider Max? Welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Hey, what's what's up, Q? Hey, it's okay to have a KC fan on, on, on there because this year we're gonna get him. We're gonna get him this year. There you go. Hey, hey, my my biggest thing is 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 I'm with you. Why would you let Casey Hayward go and then then you um you don't get a, a corner in the draft and you take that running back. I that running back, the last pick of your last pick in round seven mm-hmm. from UCLA. I I think that was that that was bad. But because because I'm gonna tell you right now, I'm not sold. I'm with. I don't know if you are, but every time you say something bad about the Raiders on this station, it's like you get all these Raider fans. <laughs> be, if it's gonna be a real Raider station, it needs to. Everybody need to be truthful about things. Everything ain't gonna be rosy. Facts. So it's just it's the facts. But here's what the biggest thing is: we we do we do need to get another corner. I'm with you. I mean, I would pay Bradbury whatever you want because. I'm telling you, um, uh, what's his name? The other corner that's injured right now. What's his name? Oh, uh, Mullen. 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 Yep. Mullen. Mullen remind me of DJ Hayden. Remember DJ Hayden? Yes. Yes. That's unfortunately. Yep. Me of. He's always injured, or it's always something that good. They don't have good technique. He, man, he holds so much, <laughs> and I'm not knocking on the kid, but but, but it's just the honest truth. Go, folk, um, football focus ranking. Like I think he was like 29 out of 30 DBs when he was playing. So, uh, Q, I'm with you. Casey Hayward should have been, been brought back or get another DB. But if I'm the Raiders, fine, Bradbury, whatever it takes to do, get that kid on, on the list. There Thanks, you go. Man. Hey, no problem. Thank you for the call. I do appreciate you. And, yeah, I think corner has got to be addressed, man. you got to have a veteran corner. That's something I've been pounding the table on for a lot. And I'll tell you right now, man, it's always okay to call in and, and criticize or or not think that everything is rainbows and puppy dogs. That's not what we're about around here. That's not, not what we're supposed to be about around here. You know, tr- truthful and honest is fine. Now, if you just go in there and start slandering for no reason, then that's a whole other conversation. But truthful and honest, yeah, that's okay with me. Definitely hit us up anytime, 702-365-9200. Jared in Vegas, we got you on the next side this is radio nation radio 920